Welcome to PSL Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 247. Yeah. We're almost to 250. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's a that's monumental. I, I don't know of any reselling podcast that has more than, let's say, 150 episodes. Nice. Man. I want to say 100, but... So, hey, we We've appreciate been these things out. Man. We have been cranking these out. And hey, by the way, I do want to throw it out there. We've been cranking these out. We were a podcast from the beginning. But if you haven't jumped onto our YouTube, please jump over to our YouTube and hit that subscribe right now. If you're watching this, uh, if you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button uh, and, you know, continually, you know, watch us on YouTube, watch some of our other videos because we're trying to grow this. I feel like if we had put as much into, you know, all the YouTube as we did in the podcast, we'd be in a different place. Yeah, for right. sure. Because we got we get tons of lists on the podcast side, but uh, we're trying to bring in more YouTube content. So make sure to hit that bell notification. Also. Yeah. And we're putting out different kinds of content on the YouTube. So we have our mini sods, which are kind of like mini podcasts. Plus, we have ride alongs. We have tip videos, all kinds of stuff. So make sure to check it out. And uh, if you are watching on YouTube, we would love if you can leave a comment. And today we're talking about ways to uh, keep uh, keep your buyers happy and prevent buyers from ruining your business and kind of tanking your store. And so maybe you can put in the comments below uh, some tips and tricks that you have in order to keep buyers happy. We've had some angry customer episodes, but those are always fun stories too. So maybe some some ways you resolve some really upset uh, and uh, we'll call them slightly illogical customers. But in today's terms, that'd be called don't get wrecked. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not hip enough for that, but that sounds cool. Yeah, don't get wrecked by those customers. Don't get wrecked. All right. The reason I brought this up is because I did get wrecked these last two weeks. And, you know, when I've talked about there's no such thing as summer slowdown. And I still believe that, but I slowed down. And it wasn't because I didn't have the right items. It wasn't because people weren't buying. I truly believe it's because I had a large amount of returns. And hold on, and I had an offer right now while we're talking. So I got it. I got two offers. Look at that. Ching. If you're listening and the algorithm is hitting, you know, yeah, you I know mean, why. I, I know there's some people who feel like our podcast is kind of like a, like like a lucky thing that I, you know, when you listen to the podcast, you tend to get more sales. You know, I, it's just science. I can't, you know, I don't, I can't explain why. It just is what it is. And so, uh, hopefully, you guys are getting some of that pure hustle podcast luck. So I just sold two items just now. Now, here's the thing. I've been selling like crazy the last few, three days, but this is where I got wrecked. I had a large amount of returns. I mean, I mean and large meaning you always got to think in percentage based comparison to how you were doing before. And so what ended up happening was because of the move, I didn't lose anything, but things got kind of sloppy. Right. Yeah. So I had one thing I had, I bought a pair, I sold a pair of shoes and I listed the wrong size mm. return. I saw the Hawaiian shirt. I list my, my helper listed the wrong size. It's ultimately it's on me because I have to, I'm the final person on the draft. And that was a return. I sold a pair of shoes. A customer wasn't happy They They claimed it wasn't like the pictures. I mean, I had return after return after return. And what I saw was as the returns kept coming in, my sales kept slowing. And so I'm like, this has to be the reason why. And here's the thing. My, I haven't had a return in days and I had a killer weekend and I had a killer two days to follow. And even today I'm selling multiple items again, like normal. And so I truly believe that how you deal with customers and how you handle returns and feedback and all that have a direct effect on how you make in sales, because you can have all the most incredible items and you can have all the best prices. But if that eBay algorithm senses that, you know, you have too many returns or, you know, you have stale listings or you're not taking care of the customer. I do believe you end up lowering the search. Let us know. Is Orlando crazy? Is this all like eBay astrology or is there truth to some of this? Yeah. And I think, I think it is, does play a role because of course eBay wants to protect their brand, right? Like they, they want to protect their brand and they want to ensure that they make money because they are a for-profit company. And the way they make money is from item selling and the way the item sells, good sellers. So uh, it's really important to be a good seller. And one of the best ways you can do that is really be preemptive. Uh, it, it kind of, there's a, a process that happens, right? Like we oftentimes think of returns and we think of upset customers only being an after the item ships 
But sometimes, sometimes it comes down to what we're doing before we even get those items and as we're getting those items. So one of the things that we think is important to do is to ensure that what you're picking up is actually good quality stuff and that there's not any flaws and you recognize the flaws that there are before you even source the item. Um, many times, especially when I was first reselling, I would, would pick up a pair of shoes, I'd pick up you know, a pair of pants, and I wouldn't notice something wrong until I was taking pictures or until um, a customer found it. And that's the worst, right? Like you really want to find it. Uh, so the best thing to do is, for instance, shoes. A lot of times I find shoes, I look at the soles, I look at everything, oh, this looks good. And then the customer wears it one time and it's the shoes fall apart. Or I've had a couple that by the time they I'm going to pack them, I'm like, actually, it's a little loose here in the sole, you know, and then you've got to do that awkward message to the customer where it's like, hey, I've got your item. I'm ready to ship it. However, I noticed that there's a little hole in, in this or that the, the, the sole is a little bit loose in the back left side. Do you still want it? And then that's just an awkward place to be. And you can solve a lot of those problems by making sure what you're picking up from the from the get go is solid, good stuff that you're not picking up things that are are fake that you're picking up things that are or even even on the sketchy side do you yeah. get what i'm saying yeah. like so the reason i say this is because there are some items you, that are good profit but they could be troublesome or i'll give an example shape ups so shape ups we've talked about those a lot shape of shoes they were bolos i still think they're a bolo but those shoes are notorious for crumbling they're notorious for being all fine when you pick it up at the thrift and then you have it in storage for a while and then you ship it out and then you get this message and the sole has completely fallen apart, right? Dansko shoes is another one. Sometimes there's certain electronics where- I had a Dansko one return a couple of weeks ago. Somebody wore it for one shift and they sent me the pictures and it's like, yep, those fell apart. Yeah, is that the one where they had to tape the shoe to their foot? I don't know. Okay, I, I think you had a story like that too. But that's the thing. Like, If you know certain items are going to be troublesome from the beginning- I strongly encourage you, maybe it's not worth sourcing or or quadruple check it. It's not like, you know, I'm just going to look it over once and I'll pick it up. And I'm going to I'm going to go with it. Right. So I'm not saying don't pick up flawed items. Right. I sell flawed vintage gear all the time, but I know that that market is OK with me selling flawed items. All right. The problem is and here, for example, here's another one. In case you don't know, there's B grade Nike outlet items. Right. And you're not allowed to sell those on eBay, but there's a lot of new sellers. They watch like a YouTube video and they go out to the Nike outlet to the Nike store. They pick up these shoes. They're like, oh, I got these Jordan ones, whatever they are. And they don't recognize that there's a B grade. They're not allowed to be sold. They sell it. They send it out. They're thinking this is the original shoe or it's exactly how the manufacturer wanted it. And then they end up with a return and maybe a negative feedback. And it just causes a lot of problems. So I strongly encourage you to steer away from items that will cause you problems in the long run. Yes, there there's maybe, you know, a risk that's worth it every once in a while if there's some good profit, but you know, I stay away from major luxury brands. Mm. Right? Like Louis Vuitton, I rarely touch at all. Uh I would say also what's another one that I've uh, <laughs> uh Supreme. Gucci. No, no, yeah, there, there's that, but Supreme. Like there's so many fake Supreme items out there. Uh, I have some beautiful Supreme uh, t-shirts that were in a nice bag at a garage show that I picked up for $5, completely fake. And I, to me, I, I went through the whole authentication process. So understand that you can alleviate a lot of the problems by just picking up items that aren't going to cause you problems. Yeah. And then like you were saying, when sometimes you do pick up flawed items and there's nothing wrong with that uh, if you are very specific in your listing. Okay. So as you're listing something... You want to be as descriptive as possible when it comes to the types of wear that's on there. So if there's if there's wear on the the sole, you want to make sure that you include wear on the sole or wear throughout the shoe. Um, if there's staining, you want to make sure that in your pictures you have some pictures of the type of staining or scratches that are there. You don't want to uh, just say uh, condition used, right? Like you want to make sure you include some keywords in there, like. Uh, whether or not there's scratches, whether there's scuffs, whether there's paint marks on there, whatever it is, you want to include it and include some pictures. Um, and, and you typically don't have to do like a close up because you might have an item, uh, for instance, shoes that might have multiple, you know, scuffs throughout. You don't need to get a picture of every single scuff, but get a good angle that shows all of them and then say like scuffing throughout um, and, and be clear in your listing. I've sold I've sold even some electronics, uh, for instance, DVD, VCR combos. And sometimes I buy them because they they sell pretty good, especially if you've got the remote. And then come to find out, uh, 
okay, well, the VCR part on this works, but the DVD part actually doesn't work. The door doesn't open, right? Some people might know how to fix that. They might not care. They might actually just want the VCR portion of it. And so if you list it and you're very clear, this part works, this part doesn't, or the the rewind portion of the VCR isn't working. Those things can still sell because sometimes people are looking for parts. Sometimes people are looking for um, that specific model for other reasons. And so you just need to be very specific up front and have, if you're clear, then if there is a return and they try and do an INAD, you can point back to, look, my listing is very specific. And you'd be surprised how many people, they're fine with it. I've sold Doc Martens that were just trashed. And I'm like 90% sure this person was using this for like a, a Halloween costume, right? Or like a movie that, prop or, or maybe right. that's the look they wanted. It could be, yeah. So, but as long as you are, you're, you're up front, you can still find buyers for your items if your price is good and you're selling the right kinds of items. Yeah, it's always, you know, the saying goes under promise and over deliver, right? And and here's the thing, there, there's a fine line. And I think my, I don't know if Mike still disagrees with me on this, but I'm a big uh, proponent of never qualifying things. And, and the fact like I will never say excellent condition because excellent is a subjective term. I'll never say- Even one that I got dinged with recently was complete, right? Really? Yeah, because it was like, it had the manual, but it didn't have like one of the inserts. Like it was a game. Oh, wow. It had the manual, but it didn't have like one of the advertising inserts that it was in. It's like, that's not complete. And it's like, okay, I guess if you're like a collector, collector, that matters. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. you got to be, be careful, careful taking yeah. those words out. So then instead you would just say with manual, right? Instead of complete game, because some people might be looking for whatever advertising insert that, you know. Yeah, that's a good tip. I've never used complete, but not, that wasn't because I knew what I was doing. It's just because I never did. But I get it. Like if you you don't really know, don't put complete because you're going to set yourself up for, for a problem. Uh, I'm always, you know, when people say excellent use condition, I'll, I'll keep, I'm, I'm going to say this one more time. You got to be careful because that all depends on the person that's buying it, right? To you, you know, you're, you're a reseller. Maybe things don't bother you as much. But to the person that wants something, when they say excellent use condition, that to them could mean it's only been worn once or it's an item that's only been opened and it's never been used. Like you don't know what that means to the other buyer. And so that's why I use terms, you know, use but not abuse. I hate that. <laughs> I also I do say get gently used. That is one that I do use. But that's only if it's like pretty much new. If it's pretty much new, I use gently use, but use but not abuse. Why don't you like use but not abuse? Because because if you want to talk about uh, being very subjective, that's the most subjective you can be. Because used but not abused, like who again? Who's to determine that? You okay, know? but after several thousands of sales, I've never had anybody call me out on it, so I'm 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 okay with it. Yeah, I, I have science on my side. Okay, <laughs> okay, all right. So let us know in the comments below. What do you think about used but not abused? <laughs> You're like, no, I'm not doing that. But again. Uh, you know, I, I see sometimes, unless, you know, I see some listings that go maybe worn in the store twice or, or maybe try it out. Like, unless you know, don't put that in there because that can mean so many different things. So yeah, be upfront. Like sometimes I hate this, the fact that I'll pick up like a new item, like I'm doing retail arbitrage and I'll pick up a pair of shoes and the shoes are new. But somehow they got like a little scuff or a little bit of dirt from people trying on the store. I will put lightwear from storage. Right. And whatever, you know, people and I say and after every single listing, like I put used but not abused, no rips, no holes, no stains. And then parentheses, I put please see pictures. OK, even with even with stuff that uh, I, I don't have sizes, I'll say XL question mark parentheses missing size tag. Please see measurements below for proper fit. And I've never had a problem. I've never had a problem with that stuff. So again, I think there's like a fine line about, like Mike said, you say too much, right? You open yourself up because if you're like, here's flaw one, flaw two, flaw three, flaw four, and then they find flaw five, that could bring in an item that is described. But if you say <laughs> flaw throughout, you're good, right? And I, honestly, I do that pretty much on every, like these cowboy boots I just sold, pretty much every pair of used cowboy boots I sell has some kind of, you know, scuff or something. So I put used but not abused. And then I put cosmetic wear throughout. Please see pictures. And I've never, I and I will I say with absolute certainty, I've never had a problem. But it might happen to you. But for me, it hasn't. So, all right. And then uh, business policies. Do you have some business policy set up? 
Do you yeah. know what those mean? Yeah, of course I do. Okay. So what is one of the one business policies that like, you know, tried and true, like, do you like your shipping or, or your returns? Like, yeah, I mean, so our business policies are set up um, as far as one is, is just how long it's going to take us to ship, right? What our handling time is, uh, what, what pro our uh, parties are we used for shipment. And then also a uh, big one is return. So we do 30 day return, but we don't do free return. Right. And we make that it's very clear. It's in our business policy. So that way, when people buy, they know that they can return the item, but they're going to be paying for shipping back unless it's something uh, where we made a mistake or something like that. Right. Um, if it's because it didn't fit, if they're like, oh, you know, this shirt's just a little bit too tight. And it's like, well, you know, you got two options. You can go on a diet or you can send it back and and uh, pay shipment. Right. Because you got to know your sizes. We've got the sizing on our our, our stuff. If you don't know, like I'm, I'm not a. I'm not a, a a a place where you can try stuff on in the store and then see if you like it. You know, you, you hopefully you know your sizes. We've talked about that in the past uh, when you're selling certain things. And one of the questions we avoid answering whenever possible is, you know, I, I wear a size 11 of of Nikes. What do you think I am in Ooh, these boots? And it's like I don't I don't know. Like here's the size of the boot, and you you got to know your own foot size, right? Because different shoes fit differently. And I can't tell you how it's going to fit on you because then if I say, Oh no, this, these will fit, then it's my fault. Right. But if it's like, Hey, this is the size it, it measures this many inches wide, this many inches long. Um, you know, you can figure out whether you think your foot's going to fit that or not. And if it doesn't, then you can pay shipment back. <laughs> now, the reason I want to touch back on, on business policies, that business policies will save you from any trouble. Right. I, I used to be a school administrator. And the reason we wrote policies is that so no one would get angry at me. <laughs> so whenever something would happen, I would say, well, the handbook says and then it avoids the escalation because it takes you out of the equation. Right. And so, for example, like Mike, I have I offer 30 day, but I offer free returns, except if the item does not fit. Right. And so, for example, I gave this uh, story and I think it was our last update episode where a person bought two pairs of Harley boots, both size, one was size eight, one size eight and a half. And both of them said didn't fit. They bought the first pair size eight. They're like, Oh, it doesn't fit. Can I buy your eight and a half? I'm like, sure, go ahead. Bought the eight and a half. That one didn't fit either. So obviously they weren't aware of their sizes or maybe things fit differently on Harley. And so they ship both items back, but I didn't, I did not refund them their shipping. Right. Cause in the end, it shouldn't have cost me. Uh, you know, I also had the time I had to go pick up the item. I also had to inspect it. it there, there's a lot of time, right? And so make sure you put that in your policies. If you want to charge handling fees, make sure that's in your business policies. If you're wondering what I mean by business policies, go to my account on eBay. And then one of the links on there should talk about it either should be preferences. And then that takes you to business policies. Again, the eBay website is complicated or you just go to business policies, right? So for example, shipping, my business policies are like, if you buy something by 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I have same day shipping. So every once in a while, I'll get somebody that buys something and they're like, hey, you said same day shipping. And I look and they bought it at 205. I'm like, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, my business policies state that I do not ship same day if it's ordered after 1 p.m. Right. And that saves me the hassle. Right. So what you're trying to do is you want to avoid any kind of escalation. Now, let's go back to your subjective one. That is that to me is one of the, the ones that you are ready for trouble. <laughs> like when somebody says, hey, so do these shoes fit? Do they fit a little bit tighter than the measurement? And you're like, uh, I usually respond with everybody's uh, feet are, you know, unique and what fits for one person may not fit for another. So you're always welcome to return it if it doesn't work out. And that's how I leave it. The reason I leave it like that is one, it brings in buyer confidence. So the person can say, you know what? All right. If there's a return, then yeah, I'm willing to buy. And two, later on, you don't get an item that is described because if you answer something and you're like, yes, this is fit bigger. And they're like, they respond with no, this is what it's in the messages. You may open yourself up to an item that is described and you do not want to do that. So just be just be careful of that. Now, I will say sometimes it's better when you're trying to avoid escalation not to say anything. And some people might disagree. Do you avoid certain buyers? Like, do you just ignore them completely? 
Yeah, I mean, there, there's certainly some it sounds people... so rude. There's certainly some people who are... If you get in two paragraphs worth of questions through multiple messages before somebody even buys something, they're like, I'm thinking about making an offer on this. And it's like a $20 item. And they want you to check all of these things. And they want you to do this. And they want you to do that. And they've got all these questions. I, I, I typically just ignore those or just let them know like, hey, sorry, like I'm I'm out of the office. I won't be able to check today. And and a lot of times they just they go away after that because I've discovered that those are the people who end up having the most problems, right? If you get 10 questions ahead of time, chances are that person's going to find something wrong. Or if you've answered something and then the way they interpret it is different once they actually get it. And like, well, you said it was this, but now it's, just you get to say, please refer to the pictures. Please refer to the description. You know, it's there. There's sometimes where somebody might ask something. It's like, oh, I didn't even think to check that before I put it in. And and, and it's a good question and a good sale. So I'll, I'll do it. Uh, but yeah, so the, ahead of time that works. And then also when you get upset customers, that same thing, avoiding escalation, saying less. Both of those are, are it's it's really important to to remove yourself from the, the situation, not get so worked up and, and upset about it. And just give as as clear and concise of responses you can give and like usually something top like top two sentences yeah usually something like i'm sorry you're unhappy with the purchase you're more than welcome to return it for a full refund and that's minus it minus shipping and then that that's that's, that's all you have to say um because if you start to defend it like somebody might say like this is a fake this is whatever um i mean i've had some people say like i have this brand in in, in shirt and another oh, oh, I and get, it fits I perfectly and it fits perfectly but yours is is tight has it been put in the dryer multiple times I'm sorry you're unhappy with the purchase. It doesn't fit. You're more than welcome to return it, right? Like you just leave it there because if you start saying like, well, I, and, and you start to defend and, and back and forth, chances of, of upsetting them actually goes up and it becomes harder to tell that you're trying to resolve the issue instead of just defending your item. This isn't a fake. I've had it. Just, I'm sorry you feel that way. You're more than welcome to return it. And that's it. And that's all you have to say. And by doing that, a lot of times the customers just I have a lot who who initiate questions like that, but then it never ends up turning into a return. Mm -hmm. Like they just wanted to complain. And I feel like if I would have gotten in a back and forth with them, I would have gotten negative feedback mm -hmm. and a return guaranteed. Oh, no, I I, I agree. I, I So there's there's two times to stay silent. One is if you get somebody that is already asking a ton of questions, you just said this. Ignore. I, I just I wouldn't spend my time with it. It just it's just not worth it, especially when you're selling a lot. If you're full time. You don't have time to deal with all those messages. I just, I completely ignore those. And and the other one is if your policies already state something, unless they're asking for something direct, there's no point in replying, right? So yeah, you'll get somebody that says, hey, there's this issue with this. And then you reply with, hey, you're welcome to return it for a full refund. I usually have the link. I usually have a template ready to go. My template reads, I, I'm so sorry things didn't work out. Here's the other thing. I don't admit guilt to anything. And I'm not a lawyer, okay? But I don't ever admit guilt. All I say is I'm sorry things didn't work out. That's all I say. That could that could be interpreted ten million ways. Sorry things things didn't work out. You're more than welcome to return it for a refund. Please see link below, and I have the link there. That's my template, and that's what I send every single time. If then if they send something else, if they're like this and this and this and this and this, and this I, I just I don't. I, I just don't. There, there's no point. You already. Made it clear here. Here's the deal. And he, eBay, I find, will back you. And we'll talk about this later on uh, when we get into, you know, how to how to solve things once things do get escalated. Is if you offer a return policy uh, and you're a top rated seller, you have great feedback, like, and some may disagree because I, I do know a couple guys that they ended up, they had everything just right and still eBay inside with them. But my experience has been is that eBay will side with you as long as you have that return policy, right? And again, it's like anything in life. The more you say, the more you open yourself up to have problems, right? Less is better, especially in these situations. Yeah, I just think, you know, that's why that's why uh, in all of the, the movies where the criminal gets arrested, the lawyer comes in and says, don't say anything else, right? Like, that's the whole thing. It's like, you, you don't... because. Things that you say and do. Not, not that you're coming, guilty of anything, no, by but, the way. But it can come back to to haunt you because even 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 the, the tone that somebody might read into your mm -hmm. messages back, right? Because then that person could complain to eBay and say like, well, this seller um, tr disrespected me and treated me like this. And then now you've got a whole nother issue you're dealing with as opposed to just 
a return and you letting eBay know like, hey, uh, they left me negative feedback. I did the return. We did everything. But then if now they've got to look at it, like, yeah, but you did kind of tell them something that could be, you know, seen as being snarky and it's just not worth it. And that kind of goes into the last point of like not taking it personal because we're we've throughout the ages have developed to want to be liked by other people. Right. Because if you're well liked by your tribe, you're well liked by your community, chances of success are a lot higher. Right. You're going to do much better in life if you're liked. And so that's just built into us. Like we want to be liked by other people. Uh, but the problem is we're in such a globally connected world now that it really doesn't matter if if everybody thinks that you're their best friend because it's just impossible. And so when you get a, a customer who's upset at you um, and maybe they've said some things, maybe they even like went really, they dug deep and they started talking about your mama, right? Like whatever it is, um, you kind of got to look at it and just shrug it off and say, I don't know this person I'll never talk to this person again and I'll do the refund and it's over. But a lot of times, I mean, it's ingrained in so many of us. I mean, we start to develop thicker skin, which is a good thing, but we take a lot of things personally. We we, we get upset like, well, I did it right. And why did they think this? Why? And it's just not worth it. Like you, you can't keep thinking about something that long after it's happened. Just let it go. And one of the tricks that I often use, it's kind of messed up, but Sometimes, you know, you're out at a store and you see people who are just, they go off the deep end over the littlest things. And you're like, this person is is just unusual, right? Like you look at some people in society and then, you know, even when we get some negative comments sometimes on our, on our YouTube or people leave us negative feedback on something, you know, my mind is just like, you know what? There are people out there that you can just never please. And there's some people out there who are just, they're just, that's just who they are. And I'm not going to take that personally because, uh. I don't really care. Or maybe they've, they've just had a rough time, right? A rough day. I mean, how many times have I had, you know, somebody has said something to me and on a normal day, I'd been like, whatever, no big deal. But that day, you know, my kids were unruly. The IRS sent me a huge bill or whatever it is. And I'm like, I'm on pins and needles. And so all I needed was one thing to happen and it would set me off. And I will tell you that happens with buyers. I truly believe that. I mean, I have a, I have one where this last year, uh, somebody had messaged me about an item and the, the item I had, what what happened? I think I explained this. I had an item and somebody wanted to buy it at a certain price. And sometimes when people don't, you know, send me a best offer, but they ask me about a price, I'll just drop the price so they can pay for it right away. Cause I don't want to wait for payment. So I dropped the price and then the person didn't buy it right away. So it just sat there in, in like eBay purgatory waiting to be bought. And so what I ended up doing was I, I, I raised the price back up to whatever. Let's say it was I agreed to 60 and I put it back at $100 where it was. And so somebody messaged me and it was like, so what kind of buyer are you? I mean, what kind of seller are you? You, you drop price and then you raise them for somebody else. Like what's going on? And I could have been upset, like, hey, you jerk. Like, you don't understand the behind the scenes. But I didn't say anything. I just let it go. And so then the previous buyer that I agreed upon just ghosted me. Like, I don't know what happened to him. So then I I could have I could have very easily stayed angry and taken a personal at this guy. He didn't call me a jerk, but he used language that I felt like I was a jerk, according to him. And I messaged him. I said, hey, listen, let me give you the background. Somebody said they, they agreed to this price. They chose not to buy it. I'm willing to sell it to you for this price if you want to just buy it right away. And sure enough, the guy bought it. He got it home. He sent me great positive feedback and things were good. Now, I could have taken it personal and been like, well, who are you? I'm not even going to deal with you. I'm not blah, blah. But I was like, no, you know what? Let me just give him the background. And if he gets a background, and he understands, then everything's good. And if he doesn't understand, and he stays angry, then it is what it is. Or how many times you get something... Where you get message and it's like, hey, this item says delivered and it's not here yet. Is this a scam? Like I've been getting those lately. A scam. They go right to scam. Not like that the post office is probably uh, one of the, you know, not the most dependable lately these days. Uh, they are the most dependable, I would say, out there. Even though there's issues, you got to understand, think of how much mail they have to process. But that's just me. Uh, you know, through rain or snow or sleet, the post office delivers. Lovely. We're not sponsored by them. Beautiful. But we have some great listeners that are uh, for the post office. So I, I could have taken a person and been like, scam, like, who are you? Blah, 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 blah. No, you just very easily. Hey, I'm sorry. Your package hasn't arrived. 
check with your local post office. If, if it doesn't arrive, please let me know. And sure enough, I'll never hear from them again. I get a positive feedback and we're all good. Yeah. Right. So just don't take it personal. Yeah. You can't, you can't control. It's none of your business. What other people think about you anyways, like that, that, that's a, just a good mindset to have. And we've talked about stoicism in the past and oh, just the idea of like, deep here, man. well, because I mean, it, cause if you're like me, like I, I struggled for a long time in life of like caring what other people thought like a lot. It, it, stay up at night like I, I i said this thing to this person at work or i wish i know, said everything right yeah and yeah, you're always yeah, yeah. and i remember those days going back to like the, the idea of socialism of there are certain things you can control and what you can control is are you being polite back to the customer are you offering returns are you doing everything on your end if you made a mistake are you owning up to it and trying to make things right and the rest of it you can't control if this person again they may be having a bad day Maybe they're just, that's just their temperament. Like you don't know. And it doesn't matter. Like maybe they spend the rest of their life thinking that you're the worst. They, they've got your eBay store name up on a dartboard and they just every day throw a dart. Like it doesn't matter. You'll never know. So it just helps just to not think about if you can't control it, let it go. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. We're getting to one of our favorite segments. Everybody, maybe some of you guys fast forward the episode to get to the segment. I hope not. But before we get there, hey, just want to say a couple of things. First of all, thank you to our sponsor, AmericanBubbleBoy.com. You guys continually buy from them and you do it through our link below. So first of all, I want to say thank you to everyone because it helps them and it helps us out and it helps us keep the lights on here for the podcast. AmericanBubbleBoy.com, their prices are the best prices for the best quality items out there. Uh, whether you're trying to get bubble wrap same day, next day, or even local pickup. And then they also have those Instapacks, which I've used a few of those. They're basically these things that you press and they inflate and like they keep your stuff super protected. Just like it just surrounds your item in like a With loving love. warm embrace <laughs> that hardens into, into styrofoam in a bag. And it's just beautiful. Okay. So yeah, it's AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Go to the link below. Uh, and again, you know, if you can't ever get a chance to message, let let Joel, the owner, know that, hey, we appreciate Pierre's podcast and your product. All right. Also, uh, you can find us on social media. We are Pierre's podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pierre's cast on Twitter and on Clubhouse. Uh, you can shoot us an email. By the way, we have received some emails. I'm working on those actually uh, today. So hopefully you'll hear back from us. So I don't know. Like emails come in waves. We get nothing. And then I don't know where all these emails show up. So it's been super busy, but uh, hoping to get back to you again. It's Pierce of Podcast at gmail.com. That's Pierce of Podcast at gmail.com. You could always leave us a phone call, 619-738-1170, 619-738-1170. And sometimes those phone calls, you may leave a message and we may not use it in an episode like a month from now or two months. It all depends on whether it fits with what we're doing. But so we always appreciate you leaving us a phone call. And as always, Grateful for all the iTunes reviews that we're getting on there. We've had some new ones on there and you know, we're still in that 500 club. Uh, we're hoping to get to 500 reviews here soon. Uh, so we appreciate every single one of you that has taken the time uh, to write a review. Hey, you know, I want to read a couple of these uh, just in a way to say thank you. If I can get to my, uh, my podcast app here. Yeah. So if you haven't left a review yet, we really appreciate all of the reviews. We read all of them. They, they really do make our day. Um, and so if you have time to write something, that's amazing. If not, at least leave the review because, uh, again, we're, we're, we're closing in on 500 and you don't want to miss your chance to make it into the 500 club. <laughs> and, and by the way, I've had people ask me like, Hey, um, what, where's, uh, you know, all the episodes on Spotify again, all our episodes are on YouTube. All our episodes are on iTunes. They're also on other platforms. We just had some logistical issues with getting to Spotify, but we do have more than I think we're like two eleven and up. But if you want to get all the ones below that, you can always go to iTunes or go to the other site. All right, let's take a look at a couple of these. Uh, this is from, uh, let's see, Seaside, Seaside Summers says, love the information provided on the podcast. Great for the seasoned and beginner reseller alike. And I love nice. hearing that seasoned resellers like listen to a podcast. Because, yeah. you know, I know sometimes we get very basic and then other times we do a little, get a little complex. So this is a podcast for everybody. And then we have, we have another one here. Uh, it's a pretty lengthy one. Again, you don't have to write the long reviews. They're always appreciated though. So people know what they're getting when they tune in. So grateful for that. So this is from Saxofish. Nice. And they titled the excellent reselling resources. Wow. Thank you so much. Uh, I've been listening to the Pierce podcast for the last several months and it has really helped my reselling in several ways. 
First, it expanded my knowledge in sourcing, handling offers, working customer concerns, and other macro level topics. That's pretty nice. And somebody just paid on something too. Look at, look at oh, the awesome reviews coming in. I know. Uh, second, it has given me specific actionable advice on bolos, trending categories, and eBay updates that allow me to be more targeted and pivot move more efficiently with the market. Third, Mike and Orlando are very entertaining and fun to listen to. I appreciate that above all the, everything else that was said. Yeah. <laughs> so I highly recommend Pierce podcast. Thank you again to everyone. And the, the final way you can always say thank you is, Hey, buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. There is a link below. Uh, really appreciate all of you that have signed up for the yearly memberships. Uh, and even if you do a monthly membership that works and we're hoping eventually here soon to do another uh, virtual meetup via zoom. Uh, and even, the, you know, we're great for everyone. Thank you to guys. Some of you that just, you'll listen to episode. You're like, you know, that was really good. Here's some three coffees. Right. And so I don't know where we get, you know, a nice, you know, nice, like I guess payment for the episode. Right. That's right. So buy me a coffee.com slash pure hustle. Uh, definitely a great way to support the podcast. Yeah. All right. Are we ready? Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. Got some good. I mean, we have some grail ones today. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I never read these until uh, until um, I'm reading them out loud on the podcast, and uh, and and we know that sometimes Orlando makes mistakes. Uh, I do with with typos, and sometimes I make mistakes trying to read things. So uh, here we go. So our first one. <laughs> Thanks for the disclaimer. Yeah, I feel like sometimes I, 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 I'm confused as I'm reading them. And then it's like, oh, I get this. All right. So our first one comes from at Resale Champ. Uh, so Matt wasn't planning. Uh, so this is Matt. His IG handle is at Resale Champ. So he wasn't planning on sourcing the past Sunday as he went to get donuts, but saw a yard sale sign on the way. Nice. Uh, it was about 930 in the morning, kind of past that golden hour, right? 930. Yeah. Um, stopped and saw a scrubbing bubbles, automatic shower cleaner kit. Nice. We've talked about those. It was new in box, just sitting there at nine 30. That's still sitting there. These people don't listen to PRS podcast. They would have picked it up. So he picked it up for $5. He sent it in an Amazon warehouse for FBA and it sold for $309 and 99. I know cents. I wrote this, but I'm still shocked. Bada bing, bada boom. See, if you've been listening to PSL podcast, you know about the the, the scrubbing bubbles automated shower cleaner already. So the uh, other automated, uh, automated. It's, it's a robotic cleaner. It's, uh, okay, I know. Okay, you caught on. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. That's okay. No, no. But here's the thing: those are so unsuspecting, right? Here, you. We had uh we have a, we have an interview with Thrift to Travel. You should check it out, uh, Jen. It's I think it's it's been about a couple of years maybe now, but her her Instagram is golden. And one of the first places we heard about these scrubbing bubble items is there, and we talked about it on the podcast. And that is great. I mean, to find those new and sealed, so nice work there, Matt. And hey, you got to enjoy some donuts, right? All right. Yeah. Hopefully, so, hopefully you picked up an apple fritter. Those are those are uh those are my favorite. I'm a bear claw kind of guy. Yeah, apple fritters are better than bear claws. Okay. All right. Should we do a mukbang that's episode? Just, that's just, that's just, just science. Right. Let us know in the comments below, what's your favorite donut? All right. Can't wait to read those. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, uh, next is from one of our Canadian listeners all the way from Winnipeg. Oh, hey. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I, I really love hearing from people outside of, of the U.S., uh, cause it's, it's interesting. Cause I never thought that like what we do would impact people somewhere else, but it does. We have listeners in Australia. We have listeners in Africa. We have Asia, every continent we are, so, except Antarctica. I'm still waiting for Antarctica. We are, we are a global community. We are a movement. <laughs> we, we are. All right. So this comes from a uh, Trevor, uh, on Instagram, peg city sales. So it's peg dot sales, uh, and picked up a vintage little tykes football toy box. Have you seen one of those? They're like the shape of a football. They're like plastic huh. and you kids can put toys in them. I just know because I wanted to get one of those when I, for my kids when they were growing up. And so found it on Facebook Marketplace for $25. Listed it on, I think it's Kijiji. Kijiji. And this used to be one of uh, eBay's classifieds that they sold last year. Remember they had this big sell off. It's, it's think of like Craigslist. Okay. So they went from one it's, local. It's Craigslist for Canada. Yeah, pretty much. So they, they, they bought it locally somewhere and they sold it locally somewhere. Isn't that crazy? I love that hustle. It's good. 
And so paid 25 and within a couple of weeks sold on Kijiji for $150. That's the, that's the way to avoid those Canadian taxes right there. I'm sure you paid your taxes wow. though. Yeah, those, those are pretty hefty. I, I don't know what, what Canadian taxes are. I'm guessing are, they are. But, uh, but my question is, is this, uh, is this American dollars or Canadian dollars? We got to do that. We got to do the... Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Canadian. We need to do the... Uh, the, the Vet, figured out what it actually currency, is. Currency estimator. Yeah. No, it's okay. Somebody Either way, Forex exchange. Let me know, <laughs> Trevor. It was a hustle week. Thanks so much for sharing with us. All right, our next one comes from Anthony IG handle at Anthony Lundlum. Uh, so this is a repeat hustle of the week. Um, so he was going with his uh, friend Joseph and his friend Joseph's son, uh, Joseph Jr., and they were going to a hoarder's house. I've been a hoarder's house. Those are scary. I lived next to a hoarder for a while. We actually had to, um, it's kind of off topic, but we actually had to like call um, the city because she needed, she needed some help. Um, so we had to like let the HOA in the city know because it was like a fire hazard, you know, mm. and like, but we were getting bugs and stuff um, and, and she really needed just help, you know? So um, it, I've, I've been into a couple hoarder's houses doing like estate sales and stuff. And yeah, it's, it can be, it can be rough, but anyway, so went to a hoarder's house uh, and they had been there before and asked if they had any video games, but they never brought it out. Uh, so after showing Anthony pictures, he offered up to $500 and they made a deal on a video game items. Uh, so Anthony went half on the deal with uh, Joseph Jr. And what they picked up were new and sealed Nintendo items, a sealed N64 Cruising USA, which sold for $800. But their biggest flip, Holy Grail item, was a sealed Super Mario 64 first print for $15,999.95. So far, uh, Joseph Jr. and Anthony have made $8,500 each on the haul, and they gave Joseph Sr. $2,000 for taking them to the house. So that's, you know, that's, that's what you do right there. That's, that's, awesome. that's helping out friends. Um, you can see the full details and all that was picked up on Anthony's YouTube channel. Uh, by going to the link on his Instagram or to the YouTube channel, buy low, sell high, uh, or we'll put the link also in the description. Uh, but holy cow. I mean, those are, those are some incredible things. And you know what? I'm actually kind of surprised that you were able to separate a hoarder from something like that. Uh, because a lot of times they don't want to separate from anything, right? Like even things that are, are trash. And so to, to get them to separate from uh, something that's valuable and, and, and actually like has some memory and history behind it, um, that that probably took some impressive negotiation skills. So good on you. I'm pretty sure they didn't. The thing is, uh, if you watch the YouTube, you should check it out. I think it was just something that they just they just had. They just didn't open it. They just left it. Like you, here's a story about the Super Mario Brothers, uh, at the first edition that sold. Now, when I say first edition, check out the video. They'll explain more about different like red label, black label. It's not that it was like the only one. It's just that there was a certain print that was made of the case. And we had talked about a couple episodes ago about grading and so on. Uh, but the the other Super Mario one that sold for, I think, $660,000, that was just somebody that put in a drawer and they just forgot about it for like two decades. Isn't that crazy? But Anthony, that is holy grail. <laughs> like, holy like, Yeah, holy cow. That was the holy grail. <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, check out his YouTube. It, this guy picks up some amazing stuff. So... I got to tell you, in all my years of reselling, I still, I mean, I've had a couple grill items, but not grail items like that. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's like hustle of the century right there. <laughs> there you go. So, all right, Mike, what is your hustle of the week? All right. So, um, on, and I'll put the video up on the top, but, um, actually it hasn't even dropped yet. I don't think. No. Okay. So. No, dropped, dropped on, on Monday. Okay, that's right. So on Monday, we did a what sold video. And one of the items that I talked about was a uh, Harry Potter puzzle kit, right? There's two different puzzles. Well, this story ended up having some issues with it because it was a global. It sold globally and the person never got it. Like they sent us a message like, hey, like I never got my item. What's going on? So we contacted eBay. eBay's like, have them open up a case. You know, as long as it made it to Kentucky, you're fine. We'll look into it. So eBay looked into it. They refunded the buyer and they no marks against us. Right. And this buyer was like, well, I'm, I appreciate that eBay refunded me, but I really want these. And so they bought another. So having multiple allowed me to sell two to nice. the same customer. Right. So we didn't lose anything. We kept our money because we made it to Kentucky the first time. And so 
eBay didn't penalize us. It didn't hurt our account. We didn't have to pay any money back. eBay refunded the buyer and the same buyer repurchased the item. So I was able to sell two. And that's one of the benefits of, of having multiples of items is when something happens, you have, and, and again, this is, it doesn't always happen that I have multiples of items, but luckily I had multiples of this. Otherwise it wouldn't have mattered if eBay refunded them. I sold it. I didn't lose anything. Hey, you know, at least, at least I got my money, but it's a bummer that person didn't get their item. In this situation, I kind of got to sell twice as much and, uh, and the customer ends up happy. Everybody ends up happy. It's like, it, it was a hustle because I made more money. The buyer is eventually going to get their item. They didn't have to pay for it the first time. The only person that's really out or the only group that's actually out is eBay to an extent. But again, eBay is protecting their brand. And so everybody wins in the end because this customer is going to feel safe buying from eBay global shipping. And then, win, win, win. Again, you're preemptively, right? Preemptively. So, so I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn just because I've had some hustle of the week and, and sometimes, you know, you, you want to share certain hustle of the week and sometimes you don't, right? Because you're, you're, you're kind of, kind of fearful, like, Hey, am I bringing a competition against myself? Mm, bring it. And so I want to see what you got. Should I bring it? Bring it. Um, I'm, I'm still debating. I'm still debating. Oh man. You so, got to think but, about but this we're, 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 we're on the, I, I know I thought about it and then I just checked comps and I'm like, Maybe yeah. you're not going to share. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know about this. One. Should we even have this on the air? People can. Are you guys? Do you guys hate it when I do this? It, it's fine. That's that's part of it. Being organic is we realize that you know Orlando sometimes you know keeps secrets. Keep secrets from me. But I think everyone does. I think everybody has those items that they're kind of like, hey, you know, I I don't know if I want to you know share this. And so, well, did you find something to share? Yeah, 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 no, I guess I'm sure. All right, so my hustle of the week, I went back and forth. Like, do I want to share this? Do I not? So, all I want, all I'm gonna say is this: there are items that were still hot when the pandemic hit. Oh, should I even say that word? It's fine. Okay, and they're still hot. So I'm gonna leave that for another time. So once, once everything, I, th- I thought we were done, but once things are done, I'll share that one. But here's here's another one. So right before everything hit, and I've shared this story before, I had a friend of mine who was getting out of reselling, and I've had a few friends of friends of mine do this, but uh, he had contacted me, and he said, "Hey, uh, at first he contacted me, he's like, hey, I'm at this house, they have all kinds of rain spooner shirts." And here's, here's what I'll say. Always be willing to share information with people, you know, like you got to understand that most people will not take action on what you share. Honestly, they will not. Even between Mike and I, Michael shares something from me and he has shared stuff with me and I haven't taken action on it. I've shared information with Mike and Mike hasn't taken action on it. So don't be scared that you're going to share something to an individual. Now, if you share it on a podcast with thousands of listeners, then, then you know, you got to be careful about it. Right. But in this scenario, my friend of mine was at an estate sale and there were all kinds of Ren Spooner shirts there, all kinds. And the, the Christmas ones, the Meli Kimiki Maka ones, which are money. And he picked them all up. And then a month later, so actually when he contacted me, he's like, hey, Orlando, what do you think? They have these shirts here. They're like $8 a piece. And so I was like, bro, don't, you don't even have to call me, buy them all. Just buy them, right? I had no intention on this ever being my inventory. It was just, it was for him, right? I had I had taken him on a ride along with me before because you know he's like, hey, Orlando, can you kind of show me the ropes? And so you know, I took him uh, garage selling one time with me, and so you know, our friendship it was great. And so he messaged me, he picked them all up, and then a month later he messages me, he's like, you know, Orlando, this is a little too much. Uh, I I can't I can't do reselling at this time. You know, I, do you want to just like come over and just pick up what, you know, whatever I have. And I came over and he literally was going to give me everything. Now I did pay him something, but I didn't pay him a lot. I pay him like a hundred something. And I think, you know, one item, I sold a full Nintendo uh, set complete with box and old NES for like 300 bucks. So, you know, but here's the deal. He never You're making yourself sound real good right now. No, no, but he wasn't. Here's the, what I'll say is he wasn't mad about it. Right. He saw it like he knew what he was giving to me. And so he 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 even laughed like after I sold a Nintendo, he messaged me. He's like, 
bro he's like if only i had just listed it like all i had to do was list it like i'm glad this sold for you so he i never was trying to take advantage of him right then one of the things i got from there he's like you know what just take all these rain spooners you help me out you know you told me about them you can just take them so all those rain spooner christmas shirts which i never ever was planning on making them part of my inventory i was just trying to help them out then became part of my inventory and so basically free. Now I posted on Instagram that I paid $5. Uh, the only reason I did that because I didn't want to explain the fact that I got them for free. I just kind of average cost them out into everything I got that day. Right. But free. And you know, he, he, the other day he messaged me, he's like, Hey, I remember that shirt. I'm like, Oh, that was one of the shirts. He's like, yeah. I'm like, Oh, I thought it was what I picked. I was like, no, that's one of the free shirts I gave you. So we're still cool. We're still friends. Uh, I am going to go take him out to lunch or dinner sometime, you know, just say thank you. But he's like, dude, he's like, you put in the work, right? I just, I sourced it. And the only reason I sourced it was because you told me what to pick up. So it, I don't, I don't even feel like it was something I actually did. So this is what I say. Christmas in the summer sells. And so of these rain spooners, I've sold a bunch of them, but recently in the past month, I've sold three of them. Okay. For North of $70 each. So if you see rain, this is a bolo too. If you see rain spooner, Melikimiki Maka, right? Price high. The reason I say price high is because when I was checking comps, people are selling these shirts for like 25 to 35. Ooh. Now there's a buying yeah, opportunity gosh. if you want to source them right now, you take on a lot of the risk because you really have to know what you're looking at and what if the market gets flooded or, you know, whatever. But the reason I'm able to sell these for more is because I have a repeat buyer great guy. Uh, he's, he's in California. He's up in LA and he has a safe search on my store. So whenever any of these pop up, I listed one last night within 30 minutes, this guy sent me an offer and we worked it out and I sold one of the shirts for $70 uh, free ship. Now, had it been somebody else, I probably would have tried to get over a hundred, but again, you want to work with buyers. So this guy has probably bought, I want to say uh, 12 shirts for me, probably over a thousand dollars. Right. So I call that a hustle of the week on multiple levels. One, I don't want to say out of the goodness of my heart, but out of just the charity of being a good friend, I, I, I shared with someone how to make money on something and it ended up coming back to me. Right. Second, I established a buyer base. I have buyer bases of individuals looking for rain spooner shirts, Harley gear, Western wear, and that's allowed me to make sales quicker and for more profitable money. And so I look at those two and make this my hustle of the week. It's good stuff, man. Does that work? That works. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, appreciate all of you sending your hustle of the week. I know a lot of you do. If you haven't been following the hashtag hustle of the week, you need to. Like if, if there's any hashtag you follow and you're a reseller, it needs to be hustle of the week. There's so much good stuff out there. It is a free bolo list that gets updated on the daily. So definitely hashtag hustle of the week. Also, another great item is the way that Mike and I keep our clean cuts. That's with skullshaver.com. Yeah. So yeah, pick yourself up a skull shaver. They, they feel great. They make you look great. And, uh, and the price is actually great for what you're getting. Uh, a lot of times, if you're like me, you go cheap, you go to Walmart and you buy the cheapest clippers, the cheapest. And what you realize is you end up buying the same product 10 times because they keep breaking and they don't do what you want them to do. Instead, you get something that's actually quality, like the Skull Shaver, and you only need one of them. And it'll last you a very, very long time. And you're going to look way better and it's way more efficient. You're not fighting with it all the time. So make sure to you use the promo code PURE when you buy your Skull Shaver. And uh, let us know in the comments below if you have one. Uh, if you picked one up already, what are your thoughts about it? Uh, because again, we want to make sure we we enjoy them, but uh, we want to make sure other people see that, hey, this isn't just Mike and Orlando shilling something, but, uh, but they, this is something people enjoy and they actually use. Uh, so if you've picked one up, you've gotten one, used our promo code PURE, let us know in the comments below what are your thoughts about it. And uh, we really appreciate it. All right. So now it's time for the last segment of how not to let buyers hurt your business or in other words, wreck your store. There's three things you do not want. Actually, four. <laughs> I had three. It's actually four things you do not want with your store. 
Okay. First of all is you don't want a large amount of return. So we don't need to get into that too much. We've already talked that in, in you know a ton, but having a large amount of returns will hurt your store on, in two ways. One, it'll cause things to slow down. Like, and I've shared this, my own experience recently Two, if you get too many INADs, eBay will add that. I think it's an extra 4% to your final value fee, which to me, I, I don't think they should. I think it's, you know, if you have a good feedback and you're a top rated seller, I really think it's an unjust uh, charge. But hey, you got to play in people's sandboxes, right? And so if this is what they're going to do, that's what we're going to do. But you don't want that. So do everything to avoid returns. Now, negative feedback. So people go back and forth on this. And, and you know, if you've had negative feedback, I totally understand. Like, it, it's horrible. And I do, I do, I hope it never happens. But I, if it ever does happen to me, I know eventually it'll be through the five stages of morning, right? I'll go through grief and anger, sadness, reconciling. I forget what they all are. Denial, I think. Denial. And then I'll eventually make peace with the fact that I don't have 100% anymore. But here's the thing. Your reputation matters. And, and this is how, how I'm going to put this into context. When you're dealing with an unruly buyer or a buyer that is angry or upset or thinks you're selling fake stuff or thinks that, you know, you try to be deceptive, whatever, having that hundred percent or having that 99.8% feedback or whatever it is that's high matters a lot, matters a ton. So I recommend every single one you fight until you get it removed. I don't know. You think I'm too harsh on that? No, you got it. You got to fight for your business. Um, and this is one of the areas it's worth putting in time because we hear horror stories of people who've done everything right and they still didn't get it removed. And again, you know, we only get part of the story, so we don't know what all is behind the scenes. Uh, so that might happen. But let's say, let's say over the course of several years, you get ten negative feedback and you fight like a dog to get them removed and you get nine out of the 10 removed. And then there's that one that for whatever reason you've done everything and eBay won't remove it. You've got one negative feedback versus 10, right? And so it's worth, even if there's going to be the stories, there's going to be the times where you can't get it removed. If you've got a 90% chance of getting it removed, if you did everything right, you should take that chance because otherwise they're going to stack up. They're going to stack up. They're going to stack up. And then it's really going to hurt your metrics. Whereas if you end up with one over the course of five years, getting these negative feedbacks, most of them are removed. Well, one stinks, but 10 stinks a lot more, right? So you want to make sure you're fighting against it. And, and eBay will, will work with you if you did everything right most of the time, right? And, and if there's instances where they don't, well, at least you did everything you could and you can sleep knowing you did everything. But I could. would say I strongly, strongly advise returns. 30 day returns, being a top rated seller. You do those things, you're more likely to get it removed. If if you don't, I don't, I, I think it's a very tough road with eBay. Now, there's three ways that you can get a feedback removed, right? The first way is you go to eBay seller help, which again, I don't understand why eBay has a totally different website. Like you have to type, I have to Google eBay seller help. It should be, again, I'm just saying this, so I'm hoping somebody from eBay is listening that where there's feedback, you have a link to request removal of a feedback. I wish it was there. I mean, I'm not going to say Amazon does it, but Amazon does it. And it's all right there. It's, it's pretty easy to figure out, right? With eBay, unless you're on social media or on the eBay community page or you listen to Pierce's podcast, you don't even know about the eBay seller help page. Let us know in the comments below. How many of you know about the eBay seller help page? I'm interested, right? Is this brand new? You're like, what? So Google it. You're going to see a site that has a whole thing where you can request a removal of feedback, uh, re negative comments. You can check up on things. All right. The second way is messaging eBay for business on Facebook. The reason I say that this is powerful is I feel that the people on the other end are far more knowledgeable than people that you call. That's just my sense because sometimes when you call people, I, I it depends. If you're concierge, you know, you're going to get people, good people. If you're anchor, you have an anchor store, uh, and some for some people, it may be worth it to get an anchor store just to get that concierge uh, ability to call somebody. Uh, but, you know, if, if you don't have those options, I strongly would go eBay for business first on Facebook before calling them. Because on eBay for business, I feel like they're more knowledgeable and you can also lay out all the facts. So before you even send it, you can make sure everything that they needed to know is there. 
So there's no misinformation being sent out and hopefully you get it resolved. And the last way is by calling. And I would call more than once because I've, I have found it that sometimes it all just depends on the rep. You know, did the rep have a good morning? Uh, you know, did the rep have a terrible day? I mean, I, I, I'm telling you, human emotions play into decisions that people make. And I know it sounds unfair and it shouldn't be that way. But I do believe that plays a factor, especially if you've done everything right. And then you get somebody who's a know-it-all on the phone, like you're, you're going to lose. So call somebody else. So, all right. So there's two more things you complete. These two you do not want. You do not want. Now, in my notes, I don't have the last one on here, but it's here. <laughs> Mike's like, where's the fourth one? Okay. First is out of stock slash damage inventory, the defect. You don't want that defect. Now, the only way you can prevent that is by doing all the things we talked about before. Right. But here's the deal. If you don't have something in stock, you want to do everything to fix it. Now, have you had any recent like, hey, I don't have this in stock or misplaced items? There was. It's like the weirdest thing. I, I honestly don't know how it happened because we we don't lose anything. But we had one watch that sold. And for the life of us, we couldn't find it. Like we knew where all of our watches were. It wasn't there. We moved our inventory and went through every box. We could like we thought we'd find it like behind something. It's It's nowhere. And so yeah, we've had a we've had one for sure that was like this item sold. We don't have this item, and it was it's the it was worst super feeling. bizarre thing. I mean, I have, I have absolutely no idea what happened. Uh, we checked everywhere, but it occasionally happens. I know I, I know I mock you for it that that it's happened to you, and I act like a it's lot. never happened to me. Uh, but it it happened to me once, so I'm not perfect. I know I get it. Thank you for admitting that you're not perfect. Yeah, most of the time. It's part of the, the, the process of healing. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing. You do not want this. Okay. You do not want this. It will slow your sales down. I promise you it will slow your sales down. I don't know how the algorithm works, but I'm telling you, if you get this defect rate, you're going to see a dip in sales. Now, here's a couple of things you can do to avoid this. The first one is make sure you have stuff in stock. Second <laughs> is message the buyer and give them options. Because what you want is you want the buyer to request a cancellation. You don't want to cancel it. Now, could you be, you know, a little bit shady and just put buyer requested cancellation and be done with it? You could. And people do that. Okay. But I like sleeping at night, so I I don't go down that road. Uh, But usually I'll message like, hey, I'm so sorry about this. Unfortunately, this item sold at some point in time and I relisted it or I'm unable to locate the item. Now, I won't use words out of stock. I will not use words damaged because I believe the algorithm picks that up. Mm. I, I really do. So I will not use words like that in my message. And then I'll say, Hey, so as a result of this, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm willing, you know, as a result of this, anything in my store is up to 15% off. If you're willing to purchase something else, or I can switch this out or we can cancel the transaction. Please let me know what you'd like to do or how you'd like to proceed. And you just wait. Now, it's better to wait to get the late shipment thing for the buyer to message you back. Because late shipment, like that, that's not a big deal. All you have to do is sell a bunch of more stuff and get it on time. And it's only late if it actually arrives late. If you, you send it a day later, but it still arrives in the same time frame that eBay says, which most of the time the time frame is longer than it should take, you're good to go. And so I would message them now. Most of the time, you know, I don't know how, I don't know. I've never had a buyer go like, wait, so you're telling me you don't have an item. And so you're giving me a discount on something else. And my other option is to just cancel it. Why wouldn't I just cancel it? I've never had anybody say that to me, but people go along with it and they'll just say, you know what, just cancel it. And then you can go to buyer request cancel. And then it doesn't hurt you at all. It doesn't hurt your metrics right now. I used to, and I wish I could find what episode it was. I used to have another practice, which I'm going to say, don't do it anymore. I used to have it when something like that would happen. I would just print the shipping label and then I would message the buyer and say, Hey, I'm so sorry. Unfortunately, this item already sold. I noticed this after I, you know, I noticed this as I was packaging and, you know, would you like to cancel? And, and usually they'll be like, yes. And then I would refund them. And even if they didn't get back to me, I could still refund them after the fact, but since the trend, since the shipping label is already done, it's not 
as and that it 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 fall it would follow differently. But what I've noticed now, and I caught this later on, is that the algorithm catches that mm. the after the fact because I do have a defect on an item that I couldn't find, and so I just I put you know I put other I, I don't know if there was another option I forget yeah on the refund there's an other option so when you cancel there's three there's out of stock slash damaged there is uh, buyer asked to cancel and there is issue with the address when you refund. There's a few of them and one of them is other. And I would always mark other and I would just refund the buyer and then that's it. Like I wouldn't hear anything. But now I think I think eBay caught on. So don't do that. Don't do that. You'll still get the defect. So just being transparent here. All right. And the last one that you don't want is case closed without seller resolution. Like, have you had that at all? Oh, heck no. I have resolved <laughs> stuff, man. <laughs> I, listen, it can happen. And this is how it can happen. Sometimes you'll get like eBay sends all these kind of messages. Right. And so sometimes you're just like, eh, whatever. Right. And, and they, sometimes they don't end up in like your messaging. They end up in your email first or whatever it is. And then you don't even notice when the message pops up, but you never want that. You don't want case closed without seller resolution. That will definitely hurt your sales. What that looks like is if, Somebody, let's say you have a, an item that was returned and you have 72 hours to return it or whatever it is, the day, the time frame, and you forget about it, you don't, and eBay has to step in and close it out. That looks bad on you. That's going to hurt your metrics. The other way is you have somebody that opens a case, right? So one of the unusual ones that you get is item, item says arrived, but I never got it and they'll open a buyer case. They'll open the case saying that I never got my item. And usually the way to resolve it is you just upload the tracking and you say, Hey, the item arrived and that's it. But if you don't do that, you don't, even if the item arrived, even if everything is good, you may get a case closed without seller resolution and you may not know it. And then what ends up happening, you're still slow down. You have no idea. Now you could get it removed. It's easy to remove because your tracking shows that it got delivered. But if you do get that message and you don't respond to it, it's going to hurt your metrics and ultimately it'll slow down your sales. So any case, any case that's opened, you want to deal with ASAP because those will definitely hurt your sales. All right. I think we covered pretty much every, I mean, there's a lot, but you know, I feel that this empowers many to take back control of their stores and avoid it from getting you know, wrecked. You've been empowered. Now go and face the world and make money, turn a profit, keep on flipping. (laughs) With that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Late. Peace.